0: 80% of people need to have immunity before we get there. I think if we can get another 10 or 15% of Americans to get vaccinated, I think it'll actually make an enormous difference whether we hit that magic number or not.
1: It wasn't a good look for some police officers in Washington, D.C., and now there's fallout over a drag race. WUSA-TV's Tom Dempsey. Oh.
0: Yeah, I'm good. Investigators say the crash left four officers with minor injuries and in both patrol cars totaled. MPD Chief Robert Conti revealed one of the officers lost his job following the investigation. Those types of things are unacceptable. They're embarrassing.
1: One state is cashing in after it legalized recreational pot. Correspondent Jim Crisula has the details. Illinois could see more than $1 billion in sales of marijuana products this year. First quarter cannabis tax revenue surpassed that of alcohol. The state has repeatedly broken monthly weed sales revenue as lawmakers consider bankruptcy options for a huge state budget deficit. 22-year-old Amy Bacherstead is about to to become the first athlete with Down syndrome to compete in a national golf championship. She and her teammates at Paradise Valley Community College have qualified for the NJCAA tournament in Ormond Beach, Florida next week. S&P futures are down 21. This is CBS News.
0: CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have
1: earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away.
0: Download the free get upside app now in the app store or google play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code ride for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents per gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free get upside app and use promo code ride for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code ride.
1: May the 4th be with you, Star Wars fans. The U.S. Postal Service is releasing a new stamp collection celebrating some of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars franchise. Just in time for the unofficial holiday, May the 4th. The set includes a droid from every film, including BB-8, R2-D2, and C-3PO. This time you have gone too far. The Forever Stamps collection celebrates Lucasfilm's 50th anniversary this year, but the Postal Service says it's also a nod to Disney's commitment to science, technology, engineering, and math. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Sean Combs is changing his name again. The rapper entrepreneur says he switched out his middle moniker, John, for love. He's posted a picture of his Florida driver's license to Instagram as proof. Debra Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your
0: air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage nasal care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navaj for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life.
1: At Century National Bank, we believe strong communities are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank. Member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com. Hi, I'm Kim and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show.
2: Well, it's really not it's the not Kim show. and Ruth Show. It's
1: really. <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to make it happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10:06, and we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen.
0: The Vinton County Wild Turkey Festival is back for 2021. The 36th Festival will be May 6th through 9th on the streets of MacArthur. Fun, free musical entertainment, your favorite festival foods and activities like amusement rides, a car show, a karaoke contest, the Grand Parade, and the 2021 Baby Contest. For more information, visit vcwtf.org or the festival Facebook page. The 36th Vinton County Wild Turkey Festival, May 6th through 9th on the streets of MacArthur.
1: Uh, hello. Darling, where are you? Why, honey, I'm at my favorite store, Rule King. I'm-a getting my mom some flowers for Mother's Day. Oh, good. Pick up my mama something special while you're there as well.
0: Friends, don't forget Mother's Days are coming up real soon, so get your mom something special from Rule King. Nobody beats their prices.
1: Get all the moms in your life something special, you hear? Yes, dear. Thank you. When you see McDonald's Golden Arches, it's easy to get excited. It means something delicious is about to happen, like trying the new crispy chicken biscuit for breakfast. It's made with a crispy, juicy, fried chicken filet and a warm, flaky biscuit that's baked to perfection. Now mix and match the new crispy chicken biscuit, sausage McMuffin with egg, or bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Get any two for just $4. dollars ba da pa pa Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. when products are... Have you heard of
3: Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Megs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduate coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources
1: that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. In our
0: 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H FM.
2: About 10 minutes ago, we had a four-minute downpour. And I mean, it was coming down hard. Now it's just misty rain out there. A special edition today. There's an annual event. It's always a big deal. It's Every year, it's a little bit bigger, I think. It's the annual deer-resistant plant sale put on by our Master Gardeners Organization. We're going to tell you about that. We're going to tell you about the Gardeners Association, all that sort of thing. And our guest this morning is Roxanne Mele Brunet. I love saying that last name. Hey Dave. Mele Brunet. It (laughs) sounds so sophisticated.
3: Oh, it's German, French french german and it's a pain in the neck (laughs) well Rox, we've
2: known each other a long time roxanne i'm sorry folks roxanne melee Brunei, but i'm gonna call her Rox because i know her well yeah Uh, rox um you know there was a time oh this story has got to be maybe 25 years ago but the master gardeners now that's a group that our county extension office yes um which is, uh, all the extension offices in the state are kind of under Ohio State University. Correct. Um, but the county extension office, which is agricultural in nature and that sort of thing, um, a group of master gardeners that were in a class getting that, that designation, that classification, mm-hmm. uh, came to my house. And I, uh, the previous owners of our home and we've been there since eighty nine, yeah. Um, there were peach trees and apple trees and lots of grapevines and just all sorts of things, right? Yeah. And they came and they pruned and they went crazy and they you know their instructor was showing them now do it this way and, and no no not like that like this yeah you know learning all this stuff and uh they really had a great time but in spite of that because i've never taken the class and the fact that it um it really takes someone that has the time to do it all um much of that's i i don't have any peach trees i don't have any pear trees anymore no i have ap- no apple trees i have there have been probably 10 grapevines there's one left
3: Oh, that's sad, Dave. It sounds like the class needs to come back. You know, um, I
2: have wonderful trees, mind you. Yes. That that have come along since, but they're not.
3: Fruit trees really require care. Um, You have to prune them. You sometimes have to spray them when they set fruit. You have to, you know, take care of the fruit. Especially if you expect to eat it, you know, if you're going to just <laughs> let the deer eat it or, yeah, you know, the yeah. birds or something else, then then it requires less care. But yeah. that's something about the Master Gardeners. You know, we have classes every year and we learn in the classroom, but it's really important for us to also get out. And so we ask community members sometimes if we can do some service hours in, you know, their space, mm-hmm. so that way we can learn how to weed and how to prune and how to plant and do everything that we're learning in the classroom in front of our instructor, so that way we can, you know, have some feedback.
2: Now, my current problem,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then we'll get into our real topic. But our current <laughs> our current problem at home is that we have some very dense. Uh, I'll. I'll don't know the proper term, so I'll just say evergreens. Okay. And there's some sort of mite. Yes. That is, you know, makes them thin in certain places or are looking even
3: dead. It sounds like spruce. Okay. Spruce. Okay. So we have had a problem. Um, spruce are typically in colder climates, higher altitude. And so we put them in our garden just so everybody knows those are those beautiful Christmas tree looking like evergreens, Uh, they can be blue or uh, green, but uh, we've had problems with them, both with fungus as well as mites, there really isn't a good treatment for them right now, and the treatments that we have are expensive, and they're also pretty toxic. And regretfully, we're just going to lose a lot of spruce on my property. We bought it from um, owners who planted blue spruce every year for Christmas. They had a live Christmas tree, and then they planted it. Mm
2: -hmm. And And um, and one of my particularly prideful ones is the same case.
3: Yeah, and we've just lost four already. And so what we have tried to do is to uh, what's called lift the crown, which is basically where you cut the lower branches that are dying. And occasionally you can get in front of the disease where you cut out the disease from the lower branches because it works its way up the tree. Mm. But um, regretfully, I just feel like I'm delaying the inevitable. And so that is definitely one of the trees that we are, you know, having problems with right now in the area.
2: Raining hard again here on Columbus Road It's going to be that way off and on throughout the day, I think. Yeah. Um, Well, sometime when you're on the east side of Athens, uh, give me a jingle and take a peek. Well, listen, and, and this one tree in particular that I'm thinking of was our very first Christmas tree. Oh, so, so it has uh,
3: real sentimental yeah, value. Sure, sure.
2: All right. Well, listen, uh, folks, first of all, Roxanne has a very important role with the university. And um, I don't know, I, you know, director of grants, development, and, and uh, grant development and projects. Yeah. Now, that's not just for a college. That's for.
3: That's for the university. So,
2: you know, as various different colleges. Yeah on campus um have an idea for this and and then are exploring how to get a grant for it and so on Uh, you're doing the whole thing
3: well dave it's so much fun um i am a really intellectually curious person i'm one of those people who i think as a kid always was saying why 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 and you know um it's my pleasure, I get to read proposals from faculty and students and staff across the university, anywhere from fine arts to, you know, physics, to, you know, psychology, and I basically oversee the internal award programs for the university, which is um, a lot of funding that we put towards faculty, student, and staff research and creative activity to ensure, you know, that we are creating new knowledge. I think that's one of the most important things about a university is to harness the expertise of our faculty and our staff and to train the next generation of researchers and artists. And working with our students, you know, we just involve them with all these projects and Just what they do is just so much fun. There's so many projects that we have done over the year that I think really benefit our local community, uh, just society, but also just create information right now, which might seem really basic without any kind of, you know, purpose. Mm -hmm. And yet one day might actually be the next Internet or, you know, whatever. but. It's just so much fun to see, especially students who are in the classroom and, you know, they're learning and they're cramming their brains with all this information. And then all of a sudden we let them loose in the laboratory or we let them loose in some creative space and they can take what they've learned and tweak it. And I think as, you know, a mentor, because I've mentored some of the students, you know, you come into a situation and you think, okay, this is the way we do it. I'm going to teach you how we do it. And all of a sudden, the students are like, well, why do you do it that way? Have you ever tried it this way? And I think that the faculty and the staff get just as much out of the relationship with the students as, you know, the students do. And so truly, I think that, you know, when people ask me what I do, I I get to say I live vicariously through all the great researchers and artists on campus. And... um, I've been doing it for twenty years now, and it's been a lot of fun.
2: Well, um, you know, I you have a beautiful home up on Longview, Thank and you. and the gardening. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I I, I would be um, almost embarrassed to have you come see our yard, um, but we're working on. It. And, I, I mean, we are put. We've put more effort in it this summer i'm sorry this spring yeah Than we have probably in 15 years
3: well that is one upside of COVID, i think is is that more people have spent time at home and at least for me personally the garden has been a refuge um my job can be stressful i work with a lot of people um we work on deadlines and you know timelines and there's money involved and so there can be stress mm-hmm. and I just love going and putting my hands in the soil but this year um now I let work... me, wait a minute
2: let me see your hands
3: yeah I have dirt under my nails yeah, I, see, do. <laughs> I do this
2: and I worked and worked at that but that's okay it's a sign of we're doing something cool
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been working from home for over a year now. And that took a a lot of getting used to, uh, missing my colleagues and others. And but the one wonderful thing is, is, you know, you get stressed out and you go, okay, five minutes in the garden. Let's go visit the frogs at the pond, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, pull a couple weeds. And
2: um, I know the master gardener program
3: mm-hmm
2: when did you first learn of it yourself
3: so um, I moved to Athens about 20 years ago and I moved into a house where it had been abandoned basically for a year and a half the grass was taller than I was um as we began to cut back things, uh, we noticed that there might have been gardens. Um, basically, our house, uh, there had been a fire and the people had moved out and then had it reconstructed but never moved back into the house and then it was on the market for a a year and a half. this was a different
2: house than you now occupy.
3: No, this is my house, Dave, 171 Longview, yeah. And uh, the Wisteria had grown across the front door. You couldn't even walk in the house. It was crazy. And so I started reaching out to extension because I had to have my soil tested, I, had to ask them for plant identification i uh, ran into this giant problem with deer where i had moved from which was north carolina deer are uh, a pretty short southern variety Mm. as compared to these giant you know northern variety deer and um so i met them that way they had a wonderful extension officer and he was like you know why don't you come and join the class and the class is during the winter during downtime when you're not in the garden and it was just such an amazing experience Um, the people who I met we all had different um, expertise and experiences and everybody was willing to share the speakers were great it was no just really informative and fun.
2: Would you say you had an interest in plants prior to that?
3: Yeah. When I was growing up, um, I was one of those natural born scientists. You know, if there was a bug, I put it in the jar with the alcohol. If there was an experiment to be had, I did it. And to me, the garden was very much about that. The idea that you could take a little itty bitty seed and put it in the ground and you know watch it grow and depending on the conditions if you didn't give it enough light you know it stretched up and then died to me it was just this wonderment so um my family didn't actually have a vegetable garden but our neighbors did and they allowed me to play i remember getting my first radish out of the garden only to discover that i really don't like radishes but it was fun to grow <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. you know um Let's see here. Is today what's election day? Is today election day?
3: Tuesday, but I don't Tuesday. know if it is.
2: Well then it must be. Um So I have to we gotta be careful what we say here, otherwise I'd be a lot more fo- out there. Oh but mm-hmm. I'll okay, so what I was getting at is one of our local candidates. We only have one race going right to 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 decide right now. Mm-hmm. Um had these um promo cards, promotion for his campaign. Okay. And it's and they're filled with seeds.
3: Mm-hmm. I didn't get one of those. Oh, that's a cool idea. And
2: so it says, you know, soak it in water overnight. Mm-hmm. And then put a layer of dirt under and over. Mm-hmm. And thin over the top. And uh, so I have gone to the trouble of doing that just uh, in the last week or two. Okay. Nothing's shown up yet, but, you know, I'll I'll see how that, you know, it's an interesting concept.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, seeds germinate at different rates, like radishes will be up in a a day or two. And uh, some of my perennial seeds take three years to germinate.
2: This is is, uh, wildflowers, I think.
3: Oh, that so, then Dave, you're probably okay. They're probably going to take a couple weeks.
2: Sure.
3: But read well, your packet. It probably says on the packet what the germination time is.
2: <laughs> um, let's see here. Would you care to guess how many active master gardeners there uh, has been produced and are still doing it and still thrilled by it?
3: oh my gosh okay are we
2: talking 50 are we talking 100 are we you know that sort of thing
3: when um i go to meetings and i i I regretfully i i need to make this clear to my master gardening colleagues who are amazing (laughs) um i tend to work at the state level now more than the local level and there if anybody's listening they're probably like yeah we haven't seen rocks in a meeting in a while Mm. So I want to give a huge shout out to um, them. At a given meeting, we can have over 40 people and uh, Master Gardeners allows you to, to come in and actively participate, but it also allows you to become inactive for a while and then reactivate. So probably just in our city, we have over well over a hundred master gardeners who are trained. And even if they are not totally active within our group, probably are still, you know, helping the community in some way.
2: Yeah. I love going to farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, my wife who has a little trouble walking any distance, we haven't gone as often as we used to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I sometimes we'll park there, and she'll stay in the car, and then I'll walk Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for years, Master Gardeners has maintained a booth there, right? Yes. And, you know, what would one could... So the two or three volunteers that are there each week, um, you could stop by and ask questions, right?
3: Oh, my... They're just amazing. Um they really are a ray of sunshine. They they come, they set up the tent, they set up the flyers, and then very often they have some kind of show and tell that they wanna share with the community. And yes, they do answer questions, and if they can't answer them, then they have people, they refer them to what's called Ask an Expert which is online, and that's actually one of the initiatives that I do. Mm -hmm. So in a given year, um, I might receive 80-plus questions.
2: Now, what is your specialty?
3: (laughs) So uh, deer-resistant plants. Okay. Believe it or not, grass. Um, And it is not anything that I have ever really gotten into, but for some reason I started answering those questions and and now the system recognizes me for that. Um, Bug identification, I get a lot of fun and uh, we have some wonderful entomologists, bug people at the university who help me. So, and also perennial identifications, you know, what's this plant? But um, I might get half of my questions within those categories and then the other half are just everything else yeah so this is online it's called ask an expert you can google it and it allows you to ask a question and upload photos and um we can actually have an exchange back and forth we might make a recommendation and then you know you'll tell us whether or not it's worked Uh, we can refer you to experts in the state but also outside the state
2: so where do we go to do this
3: so online just Google ask an expert
2: okay just as simple as that hmm so it's not necessarily going to Ohio State University's site or master gardeners it's ask an expert
3: yep and you might want to put ask an expert gardening so that way it doesn't okay. come up with something else but every state uh, participates in this, and uh, there are a group of Master Gardeners from the state of Ohio who do answer these questions, and um, I think we have at least two people from Athens who participate as experts.
2: Now, you know, the Master Gardeners program, they, they also do a lot of,
3: what would you call it,
2: clinics, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and, and some of them are um, demographics-targeted. Uh, that yes. is to say, maybe this one focuses on children. Correct. This one can be on seniors. hmm And another one can work with uh, maybe some disability folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, they have ones for just you and me, too, right? So uh, what I mean is regular folk. <laughs> um, just middle age, whatever. Nothing special about us. Other oh, than, yeah. Uh, other than our, our dreams. So...
3: Well, one of my favorites, Dave, is uh, every year we uh, have a tool sharpening clinic at the farmer's market. And so you bring, you know, your old rusty tools and uh, we have an expert there and also master gardeners who help show you how to sharpen your tools. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, we uh, also do canning.
2: I'm I, I was <laughs> speechless because I've not been there when that's happened. Oh, no. And I would love to know, (coughs) excuse me, if I'm doing it right.
3: Yep. Well, what you can do is uh, the Master Gardeners, the Athens Master Gardeners, do have a uh, Facebook page. But you can also reach out to the OSU Extension Office for Athens County. And you can uh, talk to somebody or leave a message and just say, hey, we'd really love to have this clinic. If there's uh, a group of individuals who would like to invite a Master Gardener in who has particular expertise, we do that as well. Basically, Master Gardeners are a really outward-facing organization. So when you become a Master Gardener, or even before, you sign on to say that you are going to do community service hours before you become a Master Gardener. And then once you are a Master Gardener, you continue to do community service every year, plus you do continuing education.
2: Now, there's another thing. Our city has some really neat plots in various little intersections and things like that. Yes, we do. And, (coughs) excuse me, also, um, I I see people that are familiar to me Mm -hmm. periodically working on them. Yeah. Now... Is that part of the Master Gardeners thing?
3: Uh, Some of the plots, uh, we do have Master Gardeners Mm -hmm. working there. So, for example, uh, the Wistendahl Garden, which is by uh, the community center. Uh, There is the Wistendahl group, but many of them are Master Gardeners as well. We have plots at some of the elementary schools. We have uh, the West State Street Gardens, where... Mm -hmm. Sometimes the Master Gardeners will go out and talk to the people who have the plots and to provide some advice.
2: And that's right next to the dog park. Or what yes. is presently the dog
3: park. Yeah, and so many of our students, you know, one thing about COVID is, is that the inter- it really hit the international students hard. Uh, mm-hmm. They weren't able to go home. And uh, many times when they do that, they bring money back. Uh, there weren't as many jobs for international students and so many of them got together and really uh, intensively gardened and it was a good way to socialize outside safely but it was also a great way to grow food and many of them grow uh, food from their home countries and that was especially important when they were essentially trapped here and were not able to go home. The, uh, many of them still are. And so I think that, you know, the gardens have been a wonderful thing for the entire community.
2: I tell you, um, I'm having a little trouble recalling a name, and I'm, it's embarrassing because I'd love to mention his name. But he's one of my son's uh, high school classmates. And, um, Tom Stork? No, that's not it. Anyway, the son Mm -hmm. uh, is a a chef or cook at uh, Pigskin. Oh. And um, the two of them, he and Nick, um, had a rental garden, I guess you call it, or at least assigned a garden space down on West State, down by the ball fields. Uh Uh-huh and for several summers they they had an amazing garden yeah and um
3: the soil and is then as great. you walk around
2: <laughs> through there you yeah. see things i've not seen before
3: Mm-hmm. oh
2: and that's probably many of these international students who are, are putting something out that that is particularly um uh, a part of their diets or oh. their their you know what i mean ethnicity
3: Absolutely. A lot of the squash will go down there and you'll just go, oh, my gosh, gourds Mm -hmm. and squashes and grasses and just herbs that you don't normally see. And
2: it's a social scene down there. You know, you talk to other gardeners and so on. It's really cool.
3: And they help each other. And that's just a great community effort.
2: Well, deer resistant plants. Okay. So I have problems with squirrels. Yes. I've got problems with deer. Yes. Um, rabbits? Rabbits, I, of I course. Have,
3: yeah, I have problems with rabbits.
2: Um, I remember my home in Worthington, it was particularly rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Chipmunks. There are, there are I have plants. to mention the chipmunks, Dave. No, I don't have that here.
3: Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: at least. I have stories. I okay. <laughs> so, you know, you look at the tags as you're looking over things. Mm-hmm. In for, if they have tags, it's really helpful, and it says you know how get how big they get, what spacing you should use, uh, whether they're deer resistant or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, full sun, partial sun, whatever. Yes. Um. That. Um, okay. Is there what? Is, are there beautiful plants that also are resistant to everything? Or, uh,
3: resistant to everything, no, but there are...
2: So if I buy something that's deer-resistant, but the rabbits <laughs> like it, you know what I mean?
3: I, I do. Okay, so let's talk about the definition of resistant. Resistant means that an animal likes it less than something else. Okay. But if we talk specifically like about deer pressure, okay? So in some areas- Deer
2: pressure? Yeah, deer pressure.
3: So occasionally, you know, somebody will say, you know, the deer, they come in occasionally and they snack and they browse. And then I have other people who are like, the deer live here and they eat my trees. And so deer pressure can be very light from the occasional browsing to very heavy. And um, there are several questions when I work with clients, you know, I'll ask them, okay, do they eat your for If somebody says, yes, they eat my for or yes, they eat my iris, I'm like, okay, you have really heavy deer pressure. And very often that is associated with somebody who lives right on the edge of a wood uh, and somebody who has access to water. So basically prime real estate for deer. Whereas I might talk to somebody who lives on East State Street and believe it or not, the deer are are walking down East State Street occasionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now they're not quite living in the communities, but they are definitely, you know, coming by for the buffet every once in a while. And so when we talk about deer resistance The way that I scale it is, you know, that I will say rarely eaten, seldom eaten, occasionally eaten, often eaten. But a lot of that has to just do with your deer pressure. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is that some people will say, I only get deer in the spring. Some people will say, I only get deer in the fall. And some people will say, I get deer throughout. So the deer in the spring tend to be the females. And the deer in the fall, which tend to do more damage for trees, scraping trees, jousting with trees, those tend to be the males. And so, depending on what the actual issue is, but there is um, a great site, the Missouri Botanical Garden. You can go online, and what I love about it is, is you can put in the name of the plant, including the cultivar name. And I'll talk about why that's important in a minute it will tell you if it is deer resistant if it is rabbit resistant I can't remember if they do squirrels or not but they definitely do deer and rabbit
2: okay now you just used a term I want to make sure I got it cultivar
3: so cultivar okay so when we have a plant and we pull it out of the wild that's the species And then what we very often do is we breed it and we, you know, we'll look at the seedlings and we will say, oh, that one, that one has the trait that I want. And so then we begin to breed that particular plant with that trait and that's called a cultivar, a variety. And what we tend to do is we tend to uh, breed plants with larger flowers, right? Well, guess what? Deer love to eat flowers very often. <laughs> and so when I look at deer resistant lists, because that's just something you know that I do as, as part of my uh, sure. deer resistant trialing, is I'll look and I'll say, you know, maybe way back when that plant was deer resistant, but because it's been bred and we have these new cultivars that have these new traits, it is no longer deer resistant. And so uh, what I would, I guess, just advise everybody is when you're looking up the deer resistance of a plant, try and look up the specific plant that you have, that cultivar. Because when we did the uh, the deer trials for the state, we noticed that like coral bells, euchara, the short ones did fine, the deer were lazy, they weren't bending down and eating them, and then the tall ones, they just got whacked. You know, it was a smorgasbord for the deer, so there can be a real difference.
2: In my um, garden tractor, mm-hmm. I have a little toolbox in the back of it, and I was cleaning it out the other day, and I came across two little um, packets that I received from, I think, the extension office, and okay. they were they they are milkweed. is why were they pushing that
3: okay so milkweed are the favorite plants for uh, butterflies especially for monarch butterflies so um, we have several uh, native species there are also some annual tropicals and um, the monarchs love them all and the last several years, the monarch populations have had real issues during their mar- migration, um, and uh, numbers have been really going down. And so there's been a huge effort to get people to plant more native as well as non-native uh, milkweeds for so the monarchs. if
2: I were to plant those somewhere, where would you suggest, given
3: oh, Dave, the it,
2: city life?
3: <laughs> it really depends. They're, milkweeds are... are It's it's one of those um, types. Well, some are big, some are small, some like wet, some like dry. So you know, it's all in a name. And let's talk about Latin names. Latin names, you know, it's a different language, and it can be really intimidating because you don't know how to pronounce it. Right. But the first part of the name is uh, the genus, and that's the larger. Uh, grouping, and then there's the species name, and combined those two names, the genus and the species name, like Iris sibirica. There are several different types of iris. Siberian iris is Iris sibirica. And if you tell me you have that, then I know what characteristics that particular plant likes as compared to, like, Iris japonica, which is the Japanese iris. Iris Sibirica can take anywhere from medium, and it can tolerate a little bit of wet, whereas Iris Japonica loves wet feet. So, you just sort of need to know.
2: I know that information is on the label, so I, I need <laughs> to call you and get a, a, a little advice, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's what the Master Gardeners do and love to do, right?
3: Yeah, we, we do. We now, do.
2: We've got an annual event, and I've attended it, I'm going to say, a half dozen times. Yep. And it's called the Annual Deer Resistant Plant Sale. Yeah. I can remember it being down on maybe Watch Street. I can remember it being at the um, the shelter house next to the pool.
3: Yeah, Dave, I need to interrupt you, and I feel so bad. Um, but, but it's okay. So I am a master gardener, mm-hmm. and I... Uh, do the gardening sale with the Master Gardeners and that's what you're gonna talk about. Okay. But about hmm, maybe eight years ago, I split off the deer resistant plant sale. So they're actually two different sales. Okay. And um, I have to be careful and say that the Master Gardeners run the one that's typically on East State Street by the community center. Okay. We're not having one this year. And then Lindsay Seagrest, who was a former Master Gardener, and I do the deer-resistant plant sale, and the reason why I spun off is um, I was doing deer trials for the state of Ohio, and I, I had a choice. I could go after external grants and try and fund the trials, or I could sell the plants that I had and and fund the trials, and I decided to to do that And so I am very thankful for the training I've received from the Master Gardeners, but I don't want to take credit from them because they do have their own separate sale.
2: Okay. Well, um, maybe we could promote both because I'm sure you're aware of the other one, right?
3: Yeah. Well, this year uh, the Master Gardeners are not having another sale, but the Athens Gardening Club is. And so we're really fortunate in Athens that we have several gardening groups. We have the Athens Gardening Club. We have the Master Gardeners. We have my small group, the Deer Resistant Plant Sale. We've had the Herb Guild. And throughout the years, we've had several different, you know, activities and sales. Um, Well,
2: um, let's do our best to cover most of them. But right now... you've got your sale the deer resistant plant sale coming up this week
3: yeah it's saturday so um what we decided to do was to keep it virtual um so you can go on facebook and you can look for 2021 virtual deer resistant plant sale or you can go online you can go no deer plant sale and uh you will find us and what we are doing is we have posted a slideshow of all our plants and uh, we have an order form and starting at 8 a.m on saturday not before 8 a.m you can put in your order and what we're going to do is we're going to just print out the orders in the order that they were received and we will just create the orders and then we will call the people and they will come and pick up the plants i am really looking forward to having live events again (laughs) but we decided that for this year you know we would still just do a lot of it online some people really like online because when they come and they see all the plants they become overwhelmed and when they go online they can see pictures of what they will actually look like and so once again, uh you can go to nodeerplantsale.com or you can go on Facebook to 2021 virtual deer resistant plant sale. We have a 130 plants, different types of plants. And right now I am babysitting at my house over 1500 plants. And uh this year uh Lindsay and I um have a huge assortment of plants but Lindsay's natives are especially looking good right now they are just gorgeous mm,
2: but to some rookie like me yes you know it's hard for me to without looking at something decide what i want well you and- know what i mean
3: I know, but that's why you go to the slideshow. So if you go to the slideshow, it'll show you a picture of what the plant looks like up close and what it looks like in the garden. It tells you if it's sun or shade. It tells you if it tolerates deer or rabbits. It tells you if it's good for pollinators. So on that one slide for every plant, we have the pictures as well as the information.
2: NoDeerSale.com
3: no deer plant sale oh, plant.
2: Okay, I need to dot
3: com that.
2: Plant. no deer plant sale dot com
3: that's right and okay. you can start placing your orders on saturday may 8th and we're taking orders from 8 to 11 30. and um i would encourage you if you really want specific plants to order at eight o'clock as close to because we will run out of plants. Mm. Um, Last year, I think we, I filled over 60 orders. (laughs) It was a lot of fun, but it took a while. And I'd imagine this year we might have more.
2: Well, some of these other plant sales Mm -hmm. that maybe aren't specifically deer resistant. Yeah. Um, Share a couple of those with us, would you?
3: Yeah, well, the one that I know about that's coming up this weekend also on Saturday, and it's a live event so you can go in person and see the plants, is the Athens Gardening Club, and I'm part of that as well. You can never get too many plants, Dave. And so on Saturday, May 8th, uh, the sale is from 9 to 11 a.m., and it's at 44 Elmwood Place.
2: Elmwood, okay. So down around the Snyder's home. Okay. Yes. Um forty four Elmwood. Yep. And what time did you say? Eight to what?
3: Nine to eleven. Or
2: nine to eleven. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Well, that's interesting.
3: Can never have too many plants, Dave.
2: <laughs> what um what is something that the master gardeners um you you may have lobbied for but it hasn't happened yet that you'd like to see them jump into and maybe the answer is everything's covered well but I just thought I'd ask your opinion if there was something that really uh, trips your trigger that
3: yeah I I think that and I'm not going to say that it's it's something that we don't do but I think that there's this new project which is called Athens in Bloom Three years ago, the city of Athens decided to participate in American Bloom. It's where cities can compete. There are criteria. You have to put in a brief to this national um, committee, and then they send two representatives and they spend two days with you in your city, and you get graded on various criteria and uh, we lasted it a year ago and we received an eight out of ten and uh, which was a great score for us Mm -hmm, just being mm -hmm. in our third year Um, one of the things that people might have noticed is is that uh, visually we planted the stimson uh, avenue roundabout with flowers last year the armory was planted Um, some of the city and county buildings uptown were planted I think that over the last few years we've begun to realize that we can make Athens feel like this beautiful welcoming city and home for the community but it's one thing for the city to do its plantings what I would really love to see is more people in the community Mm -hmm. having those hanging baskets and having you know some flowers in their front gardens, and just to create a community. I don't know about you, but um, during COVID, more of my neighbors have been walking, you know, the streets in the yep. evenings, and it's become a neighborhood again. And one of the ways I think to continue that is just to welcome people by. Just creating these beautiful welcoming you know floriferous displays in, in our gardens, and I would really love to see the community engaged with that, and then maybe having the gardening groups helping people feel comfortable planting in you know their spaces
2: you know there's there's um uh, I, I suppose they still do this, but when I was growing up, there would be home tours, yes. And so up in Worthington or Dublin or Powell or wherever.
3: We have the cat shelter tour.
2: Westerville. um, Maybe six or eight homes would make themselves open during a particular weekend for people to tour.
3: Yes. And we do have that. We do have the cat shelter tour, which has been the end of June, I believe. Uh, My garden's been on that a few times.
2: Well, Um, could we? Okay. But you said cat.
3: Oh, yeah. So the money goes to fund the cat shelter. um, Oh, oh, okay. But what
2: I'm wondering is, and maybe we are talking about the same thing, Mm -hmm. could we have a weekend which would be a garden tour?
3: I think it would be fabulous. Um, I went to school at SUNY Buffalo, and the city of Buffalo has... A multitude of homes on uh, the tour, and what's so great about it, Dave, is is that you could go to these huge estates and see what you could do if you had a big property, but there are also these city apartments. Yes, and so just seeing the diversity of plantings and what you can do in a large space, in and, and a small space, what you can do in a very contemporary garden, you know, versus something that's more car, uh, cottage garden. So, yeah, um, I think that this summer we're still going to be, you know, social distancing and a lot of our activities are going to be outdoors. So I would really encourage people to grow things in your garden, but not just in your back garden. Maybe put something in the front, even, you know, if it's just containers and baskets, you something know, to share with the community.
2: I live on a corner Mm-hmm. in a, n- a very nice neighborhood. Yes you do And um, we do all sides You know mm-hmm. front, back, left, right Everything And um, This year in particular Is a source of pride for my wife Pat
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, and we do have a little help From uh, um, Andrew Lewis um, um, A neighbor boy Good And a um, good track runner too but, um, you know, but it's not like I'm goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working too. but anyway, um it is a source of pride.
3: it is it's a source of pride, and but I think
2: satisfaction. That,
3: and satisfaction and for me, release. But I think that sometimes I have to ask myself, am I just gardening for me, and that's okay? Am I gardening for wildlife? Well, that's great too, but sometimes I really am gardening for the community. And so for me, an example of that, um, you've been by my house. Um, I actually have a deal now with the city where I am planting extra plants across the street from my house. They Mm -hmm. are deer resistant plants. So that way they're labeled and people can see what plants can survive the deer. And, you know, as people walk past, they can just admire the flowers.
2: Well, Roxanne, I really appreciate your coming by. This, folks, uh, please participate in the um, uh, no deer plant com. It's Saturday morning, starts at 8. Um, and then um, once you're in their system, they may send you some emails about other events coming up, okay? Yep. And, um,
3: but there's also the Athens Gardening Club, uh, which is 44 Elmwood, on Saturday from 9
2: to 11. Right. And um, 9 to 11, 44 Elmwood. And, uh, Rox, you and I are buddies. Uh, have been for years. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep some interesting topics coming to our audience, okay? Because you've helped me over the years, and we've had, gosh... Science, scientists, we've had all sorts of interesting people who are here, a part of this community, and we don't even know about them, you know?
3: I will make sure that we talk and we get some of our researchers and artists from the university back on the radio.
2: 60% chance of rain throughout the day today, Ba Humbug, right? All right. Um. Rox, again, thank you. Thank you. Got anything to add?
3: Uh, no, except uh,
0: that the, hopefully the rain will make these plants grow.
3: Yeah. Like uh, it typically Well, it's does. not going to make uh, them die, necessarily. I know a lot of
0: farmers are trying to get their crops in, and, and uh, they can't right now because of the continued rains.
3: And that's a problem, but yeah. if you do have a garden, or um, just stay on top of the weeds. Yes. Really important right now. <laughs>
2: we are tackling some grass issues at my home, and Rox, you, you really like looking at grasses, too, so maybe I'll get you to come over and have a glass of wine and take a look.
3: <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. He might put
2: you to work, too. Watch no, out. no, no, no. If Nothing there's like
3: wine, that. I'll work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh,
2: well, then I will get the wine well, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> About 10 seconds left, folks. Um, if you like uh, Coach uh, Art Turf, uh, expect it tomorrow, please. And um, take care. In our 71st year of
0: service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM.
1: WATH
0: This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.
1: I'm Deborah Rodriguez. <laughs> Emergency crews rushing survivors from the scene of a subway disaster in Mexico City, where an overpass collapsed, sending train cars onto the highway below. Officials say three bodies are still inside one of them. Speaking at the scene of the Metro bridge collapse, Mexico City's Mayor Claudia Sheinbaum said all who were alive had been pulled from the wreckage. She added, "It's too soon to say what caused it." <inaudible> We must investigate, the mayor said, adding the track was thoroughly checked a few years back. Adrian Bard, CBS News, Mexico City. Today's forecast calls for more severe weather in parts of the south, slammed by heavy wind, rain, hail, and tornadoes yesterday. This family watched as two 18-wheelers were blown onto their sides on a highway south of Dallas. We just saw people screaming, like, get out. I've never seen nothing like this. That's hard to see somebody need to do something. More than two dozen tornadoes were reported. At least two deaths are blamed on falling trees and power lines. Medical experts have new hope the U.S. will take another step toward herd immunity if the FDA approves COVID vaccines for kids as young as 12. CBS News has learned the agency will do that as early as this week. Brown University's Dr. Ashish Jha tells CBS this morning. Overall, as a country,
0: we may have a bit of a hard time getting it, but what I care most about is can we get the infections low, can we make it safe to get back to our lives? And I think we can.
1: India now has 20 million recorded cases of COVID, but the real count is probably even higher. Desperate staff. Desperate patients. This man knows his mother only got a bed because the man in it before her died. Amen. His death freed up a place and oxygen for my mother. This woman brought her own oxygen canister for her mother who still hasn't been admitted.
3: They put us in a shed when she needs to go to intensive care. At least 28 dead in the past three days
1: after hospitals ran out of oxygen, India's government denies there's a shortage. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Facebook is expected to announce a decision today a high-profile case of free speech online. Its oversight board will recommend whether the platform reinstate former President Trump's account. Now that one of the richest couples in the world is Splitsville, what happens to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Inside Philanthropy's David Callahan. This is a large professional institution. Lots of ongoing commitments. So I don't think anybody's expecting that the foundation is going to go away or even dramatically change course. Dow down 227. This is is CBS News.
0: Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests. To help you find the right candidates faster, visit indeed.com slash credit. This financial update with CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger is sponsored by Dell Small Business.
1: Are you at the age for retirement but still able to work? Here's Jill. The longer you wait to claim Social Security, the greater the benefit will be.
0: Dell Technologies and Windows can help you upgrade your business tech with these small business.